from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. You know what it is? Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Here it is, little Friday. You can smell the weekend from here. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Minor incursions. I am here to predict. Well, I'm here because I'm obligated to by contract, but I'm here (laughs) to predict. Joe Biden's terrible gaffe in the news conference yesterday could be the sort of sentence that echoes through history. It will be on a level with Neville Chamberlain's I believe I have achieved peace in our time. You're here to predict. You're here because you're contractually obligated. I'm here for the free coffee. That's why I show up every day. I'm telling you. And we'll explain exactly what we're talking about because normal people didn't watch that god-awful soul-suck of a press conference. But Joe Biden essentially invited Vlad Putin into Ukraine. He invades Ukraine. Who knows? Goes too far. There are repercussions. There are counterattacks. There's arming of this. There's everything that spreads. World War Three. Cannibalism. Joe Biden. Well, of course cannibalism. Come let's, on. Let's Joe start. Biden's gaffe. Let's start the show officially so we can get into it. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, as I mentioned, January 20th. New you in 22, the year 2022. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. And I remember back when the FCC was, uh, well, it was it was different. Um, I should stop talking. Anyway. Let's go at Mark. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. So um, MSNBC this morning called that breathtakingly shocking and chilling that the president of the United States said that in a press conference yesterday. Uh, As Joe was just saying, that might be a phrase that is remembered for a century or more. So and, and I would say especially so because I believe as a fairly uh, immediately preceding that uh, or right after it was hard to tell because there was so much aimless rambling. He said, "I expect uh, Putin will will uh, do something he needs to at this point." Uh, and then he said, "As long as it's a minor incursion." So he invited Putin into Ukraine, and he repeated it not that long after, more or less. So the idea that it was just a slip of the tongue doesn't really make sense to me um so immediately after the press conference yesterday and just to make completely sure you understand this because i agree with joe i think the vast majority of people don't watch these things and good for you um uh, the president was talking about russia and ukraine and the troops on the border and our reaction if 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 if, uh putin does decide to go in and he said well it depends you know if it's a minor incursion well then you know we got to discuss how we'd react to that but Whoa, wait a second. So there's some wiggle room on this? Nobody nobody knew there was wiggle room until you said it yesterday. Well, after the press conference, Jen Psaki released a statement from the White House. No wiggle room. Any any going into the country at all will be treated in the same way. But 
Uh, cats oh, out of the bag. That's just pathetic. Reporters on and again on MSNBC, and I pick them out because they're the you know Biden cheerleader station. They're going to put a rosy glow on everything. They they uh, Morning Joe said uh, uh, it was a chilling statement, and that reporters were getting questions in real time during the press conference yesterday from officials in Ukraine saying, "What's going on? Why did he say that? Does he mean it?" So immediately, officials in Ukraine are contacting reporters in Washington, D.C., in the press room, like, what the hell? What the hell did he just say? And as Joe Scarborough pointed out on MSNBC, and again, I'm just trying to make the point that even lefties who are willing to cover for this guy said, that was chilling because she in China sees that and says, oh, okay, so minor incursions get minor pushback. Right. Well, so what's a minor incursion into Taiwan look like? Exactly. So Putin and Xi are both uh, huddled up with their, their advisors, their politburos, whatever, saying, oh, what if we, uh, I don't know, invaded the suburbs of Kiev? Uh, some of the crappier suburbs. I don't know. Is this minor? What is minor? Call Biden. What is minor? So yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Um, was that an old man moment? Was that was that? Uh, well, I think it absolutely was on some level. But was it him saying out loud the sort of thing they've had in conversations behind the scenes? Is that the what was, was going on there? Which could, I could well, imagine yes. behind the scenes they've had conversations. That said, look, if he if he just if it's a cyber attack and troops take you know a mile here or there, we're not going to go apes. We can't. And then he said it out loud. Is that what happened? Yeah, I suspect so. There were, you know, it's funny. I was uh, considering the different ways to start the show today. And one of the ways I considered uh, was to say, uh, you know, after a great deal of pressure from us, other media, blah, 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 Joe Biden finally held a press conference. Bad idea. (laughs) That not, never again. If he serves four years, and I'll bet you a hundred bucks he doesn't, uh, never again repeatedly repeatedly he said uh i i i don't know what i can say in a public forum or let's see what can i say in a public forum which is kind of the job as you do a press conference and he was plainly struggling to remember what was okay and what was not in the way that old people do they don't know what that that's how they say something at a family gathering that is very uncomfortable for everyone. Right. Because they, they kind of get confused over at that point. Some people do, like my parents don't, but some people get into the point where they can't remember what you can say and what you can't say. Right. And I would say, and I believe this, you know, prior to yesterday, but I absolutely believe it now. I, I'm not pointing that out to take some sort of glee and pointing out, look, he's a Democrat and he's senile. Look at that. Elect Republicans. Rah! Um, because I think we can, we can stipulate that at this point that Joe Biden's mental faculties are, are declined uh, significantly from, you know, his previous rather addled faculties. Uh, I think it is fully onto, um, uh, an area of concern. In terms of national security, global security, dude is not sharp. No. No. That is weird, that whole constantly saying, uh, I'm not supposed to go any further. I I don't think I can go any further. Can I say this in uh, love? That's that's an old man's brain. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to on display. Not his fault. 
Boy, the fact that terrified Ukrainians were calling, you know, the American press pool saying, what just happened? Our translators just told us this. Is that true? Good Lord. I'm telling you, I'm hoping I'm wrong. In fact, I would say the odds are decent I'm wrong. But giant conflicts have a way of, of starting as not giant conflicts and getting weird and complicated and growing. And and this will, if that happens, Biden's gaffe yesterday will absolutely be cited as one of the pivotal moments in human history. So you don't think the cleanup uh, is sufficient? Good Lord, no. The statement afterwards saying that's not what the president meant. What the president meant was. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, it, it, it. so much of this stuff is a game of poker, and so much of it is you don't show what's in your hand. You imply strongly that, that you have a hand that you are ready to lay down and wipe the other guy out. But he said, of course, I don't have three kings. Um... <laughs> He let he let Putin know. I apologize for that. Ay ay ay. Yeah. Well, there are a number of smart people making statements about that sort of thing, and we can take a look at those, among other things. You know, it's not it's not the only thing we got to talk about for four hours. But how does mail bag look? Uh it's it's good actually. It's it's fine. It's nice. I it occurs to me I should uh, read to the folks because normal people didn't watch the press conference and we uh make a living bringing it to you. So that is perfectly fine. I thought I would share uh, what I texted to you guys. This news conference is sapping my will to live fast. Plan on me doing the show tomorrow from the grave. Wow. As it turns out it did not kill me. I have rallied <laughs> and I'm delighted to be with you today. It does not kill you only makes you tired. Yeah, the old saying <laughs> weakens you considerably. <laughs> I heard another COVID story that made uh, gave me my brain cramps. The brain cramps I get from dissonance. The dissonance brain cramps, which is a good band name right there. Um, uh, I just I'm, I'm just so confused. I don't understand how in the same story so often I can hear about the asymptomatic or mild symptoms and then the harem scarem all put together without anybody connecting the dots. It just makes my brain hurt. But uh, more on that later. So. I hate the media. Oh, my God. Oh, there's Ian Bremmer. Maybe we should have him on to find out how big a deal this is. Anywho, we got lots to talk about. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. What's up, what's up? Got the big weekend of NFL playoff football coming up. This is some of your fun weekends. I think they're more fun than when you get down to just like there's two games. I mean, obviously the stakes are higher when you get to the bigger games. When you got half dozen really consequential games, that's fun. Yeah, it is a big, huge, sprawling weekend, although i got to disagree. I think the conference championship weekend, when you have a gigantic game on Saturday and one on Sunday, mm. or, or both on Sunday, whatever it is. That's pretty good. Uh, is, is That's really, really good. Anyway, next two weekends are going to be big fun. If you're into the, uh, the football, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Uh, we got a series going from Ulysses S. Grant, although I liked, uh, I liked this one that Barry... Barry from Thailand sent along. Uh, Barry's actually from America, but he lives in Thailand. 
Uh, from Thomas Paine, his pamphlet Common Sense, first advocate American independence, and I quote, He who dares not offend cannot be honest. Hmm. You do look fat in those jeans. Is that what Thomas Paine is? Uh... Exactly. Thomas Paine, a single man till his death. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, so I, next time we're offensive, keep that in mind. I hate the couch you just picked out. <laughs> Here's your mailbag. B writes, hey fellas, regarding the president's press conference yesterday, did anyone bring up crime? I spaced out some. I had to zap through a bit. Um, I will not claim that I watched the whole thing because I didn't. Uh, But I didn't hear any uh, highlights about crime or anything. I have an amazing couple of stats on crime out of Chicago for you. Oh, they're mind-blowing. Maybe we'll get to you this hour. Yeah, I don't think crime came up even though it is regularly listed as the number one or number two concern of Americans. Certainly in the top three, because sometimes they break out the economy and jobs, which to me is, you know, I don't know why they break those out. Here's a good Uh, lesson in the way bias can work. People always uh, get too too granular on bias. How about the fact that there were no questions on crime, which ranks at the very top of actual interests of Americans, and like 50 questions on the voting rights bills, which ranks at the very bottom of Americans' interests. That's bias. Right. Yep. It's an excellent question, or an excellent point, rather. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Joe the Marine in the U.K. writes, uh, guys, conspiracy theory. Uh, An alternative nefarious plot by the Chinese communists would be that the Wu flu was deliberately released in order to address their aging population. Hear me out. They, much like much of the West, have an approaching cliff of an aged population, which social programs don't have a large enough youth population to sustain. Their one-child policy blew up in their face, etc. The assumption on that change is that they only recently recognized the direness of the uh, situation. Essentially, they're wiping out their old people because they know their uh, society has gotten disastrously top-heavy. Wow. I don't know if I agree with you, but it's an interesting thought. They're working I mean, off- that is something the Chinese would do. They're working awful hard to uh, keep the COVID down, if that was their plan. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's a bit of a flaw. Uh, PB writes, uh, guys, and I, I feature this um, to outline, uh, to highlight the fact that this is not just a big city problem anymore, the bums and junkies. Uh, hey, guys, I live in the Santa Cruz, Capitola, California area. Have oh, I'm sorry, I lived for over 30 years. It was a beautiful, wonderful place. I would agree, by the way. It's, it is It was terrific. I moved away 17 years ago, but went back today to do some business at a bank. Wow, what happened? There are tents along all the highways and streets, in the bushes, right in town. Yeah. Human poop in the landscaping, right next to the bank. People sleeping in cars in the parking lot. I'm both saddened and sickened. What have they done to our lovely towns? For somebody who lived in Santa Cruz for 30 years. Yeah. You go yep. back after 17 years and say, what happened? That's what I was saying the other day. If you uh, if you took somebody from 20 years ago and you dropped them in Los Angeles today, they would say, what why are why are there boxes everywhere from the railroad cars and homeless living everywhere? What sort of Cormac McCarthy-like Armageddon hellscape occurred while I was... Right. Policy occurred, my friend. Policy. We and, and one critical court decision 
decided that you can be a junkie sleeping in parks and on sidewalks, crapping, stealing, whatever you want, and the good, honest, tax-paying citizens can do nothing about it. You know, I saw a, a feature on that decision out of Boise that changed everything. The Ninth Circuit Court, which it was upheld by the Supreme Court for some freaking reason, that you are obligated to provide shelter for people, otherwise you got to let them stay in the park or on the street. That's the worst decision that's ever happened. <laughs> oh, it's it's utterly illogical. It's nonsensical. As I've pointed out, the idea is, unless there is a bed for every single bum, junkie, or unfortunate in your sector, be it a city or county or what have you, you can't enforce anti-camping laws. In a place like, say, Los Angeles, to cite the most egregious of examples, You've got 18,436 junkies, okay? A busload of 10 of them come from Detroit. Okay, now you got to have 10 more beds or you can't enforce the law. What the hell is that? Since when have laws been conditional on something like that? It's it's an insane notion, or a, just in terms of, of law at its very core. Or a legally binding guarantee of housing, a right to housing. When did that become a thing? Yeah, my recollection is that the Supreme Court passed on a chance to rule on it. They let it stand. Correct. I pray they reconsider that. Of course, when was the last time a Supreme Court justice was in a major American city and witnessed the skid row? Uh, when? Not regularly crap on the sidewalk in santa cruz california please god that's gross uh, if you miss an hour of the show mm, uh pick it up on the podcast armstrong and getty.com armstrong and getty the armstrong and getty show did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office, and how do you plan to course correct going forward? Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise, and what I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. Okay, that was during the more coherent uh, first third or so of the press conference when. The carefully chosen reporters were asking their carefully chosen questions, and the president read mostly read his responses. Well, Ian Bremmer, who um, uh, is throwing water on some of the other controversies that we'll be talking about from the press conference, did say it's hard to see a planet where people think Biden has outperformed expectations, Hmm. as Joe Biden just said he did. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to choose from here, Uh, both the... Uh, well, from the uh, perhaps cataclysmic to the amusing, uh, the press conference very long. It was two hours long. I watched most of it as the childless one at this point in the show's <laughs> history, um, and it sapped my will to live every minute I sat there. I was picking up kids from school with it uh, on the radio, and uh, neither kid very interested in what the president had to say. Uh, yeah, oh, no. Well, and, and my God, the packaging was terrible. And, and granted, what's more important is policy and, and reality than, than verve and like entertainment value. But God, it was boring. It was just so boring. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, let's go ahead and, uh, with a little humor. First of all, in clip number 40, Michael, he did this over and over again. What somebody referred to as his signature, the whisper shout. So you all phrase the questions when people, I don't think it's deliberate on your part, 
But you phrase the question many boy watches this on television. My God, there must be all those schools must be closing. What are we going to do? 95% are still open. Then he repeated himself, of course. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go ahead with the, the big headline. He was asked about the Ukraine-Russia uh, Russia situation, and uh, perhaps the most infamous clip of the news conference was clip 42, Michael. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine. No, I'm guessing that was what uh, Ian Bremmer was referring to. Jack and I did not confer before the segment. Uh, um, in he, terms of throwing water on controversies and, and uh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he says there will be no war in Europe. The uh, Ukrainians know exactly where we stand. So does Putin. This is all a made-up controversy, he claims. That is not the way other big-time geostrategists uh, are reading it. But right. That's Ian Bremmer's take. Interesting. Uh, That's not the way I certainly would take it. If I was in a game of chicken with somebody over a, I don't know what kind of dispute, whether it's a bar fight or a, you know, selling a house or whatever. If they said something like that, and then, and then no, 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 what I actually meant was, I think, oh, okay, I just, I got a glimpse into your soul there. Right. I, I'm trying to noodle through because I like Ian and he's a very smart guy and generally speaking, a very fair guy. So I'm trying to take it in before I dispute it. I guess the only explanation for his point of view is that Biden and Putin have completely leveled with each other, and they're not hiding cards behind their backs. I mean, that's what he as much as stated. Uh, could be. That could be very well be. Um, um, so the the two biggest takeaways, and I've taken in a lot of uh, coverage of the echo chamber of this whole thing, the things that, have, that are going to cause the most damage, that clip that we just played, um, which I do think is going to make Putin and she both think, okay, so we can nibble around edges and they're going to back off. And then, of course, you just keep nibbling and nibbling and pretty soon you've, eaten, all, you've eaten the whole cookie. There's that problem. And then there's this one um, about whether or not our elections are going to be legit. And the president of the United States, like oh. the past president, uh, saying no. Clip 52, please, Michael. Um, I th- that was shorter than I expected. Yeah. I don't have a 52. Okay. Well, we don't have a 52. But the, the president was asked whether or not the, the elections are going to be legit, and he said, I can't guarantee that, and started talking about minorities not being able to vote because the Republicans are dead set on trying to uh, not bl- allow black people to vote. He stated out loud as the freaking president that you might not be able to count on the election results. So now we have two presidents in a row who are willing to say that out loud. How does nobody... Is, I keep asking this question. Is there is a grown-up going to show up at some point who's willing to stop the direction we're on so that we don't end up in a race war and nobody believes elections and et cetera, et cetera? Or are we all just going to keep playing this game that the United States is so strong and so safe and so powerful, we can keep playing these verbal games and get away with it? Some of you out there are giant Trump fans, some of you are Trump haters, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's curious that both sides are making the incredibly the same incredibly dangerous claim? Then when the other side makes it, they declare that claim to be insane and dangerous. Right. Right. 
Even MSNBC today, and again, I like to check in with the you know the Biden channel to see what they think. Said the two outlandish things Biden said: one, the thing on Ukraine, and this about the elections, which is only going to make things worse. If they're saying that on MSNBC, and of course they're saying it on Fox, you're in trouble. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, by the way, speaking of people who are in the bag, uh, there is one person in particular who is just beyond the pale. NBC News reporter Yamichi Alcinder, who we've mentioned before, uh, this person goes uh, on the air afterward and uh, said President Biden in the longest news conference presidential history made news, pushed back on critics, called out lies, took responsibility for mistakes he believes he made, expressed surprise at GOP talked foreign policy, didn't lash out at reporters. Quite the change, just gushing praise. Meanwhile, Jennifer Rubin, liberal at the Washington Post, gave Biden a C minus. So just for what it's worth, Yamichi Elcinder on CBS, I'm, I'm sorry, on NBC is, I mean, Kamala Harris is critical of President Biden compared to this gal who's completely in the bag. But moving along, have, have we figured out where that clip is or what it is? Go ahead. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And it's one thing, look, maybe I'm just being uh, too much of an optimist. Remember how we thought not that many people were going to show up to vote in the middle of a pandemic? We had the highest voter turnout in the history of the United States of America. Well, um, I think if, in fact, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote, I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and, and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to vote. I think you're going to see the people we're trying to keep from being able to show up showing up and making the sacrifice it needs to be made in order to change the law back to what it should be. Stating as if it's a matter of fact that the Republicans are trying to stop black people from voting and casting doubt on whether or not the elections will be legitimate. Here's the answer if you're asked as President of the United States that question. Yes, of course they will be. We're making every effort to make the elections to be legitimate and fair and accurate, and they will be. That's your answer. Well, what was especially bizarre about that rambling answer was that he said, no, it probably won't be legitimate, except that last time when the biggest vote totals in history happened, it was totally legitimate, and uh, nothing's really changed, and so uh, people will show up even if uh, Republicans try to stop them, which they're not. I mean, just just rambling yeah. nonsense and dangerous. Yeah, the other game that everybody's just seems is just fine to play as a political game is is casting the Republican Party as clearly racist. I mean, that's just a given. That's a what's the Latin a priori or whatever. We've already come to that conclusion. I mean, that is done. The the Republican Party is all about racism, being racist toward black people, trying to keep them from vote voting. And so, if we can overcome that, wow. You think that's going to work out all right? Yeah, and, and Hispanic people are tumbling over each other to vote Republican. Of course, the Republicans are racist against them, too, right? No? Wait? What? No? Yeah, just so dangerous. Between the race war thing and the next election is fraud thing, I mean, those who hold power and milk the taxpayers for wealth and power 
uh, are are just willing to, to set the country on fire. Absolutely, we if we have a close election, a presidential election in twenty four, no matter who wins, the other side is going to believe it was fraudulent. That is not good. That is not good, and both sides working very hard to lay the groundwork for that. Right. Well, both sides will think it's fraudulent. One side might be happier that the fraud worked out better, uh, but <laughs> right. everybody, nobody's going to trust it. That's not good. And I would suggest to you, and I will suggest this over and over again over the next couple of years, that the further we go toward willy-nilly blanketing the country with ballots and wild anonymous collections of ballots, the further down that road of doubt and cynicism will go. I mean, it's just, oh my God, it's self-evident. Republicans, no matter how hard they try to make it for minorities to vote oh my god terrible terrible now another significant moment of the speech was when one poor bastard brought up the whole bull connor uh, jefferson davis george wallace thing did you hear what nancy pelosi was asked about this the other day it was actually a pretty good answer what'd she say she said nobody knows who bull connor is she's right 95 percent of people couldn't tell you so, so we ought to educate people. That's an interesting point. Um, <laughs> well, it kind of it, 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 it's interesting on a number of levels. The fact that the president's recalling names from fifty-five years ago to make points in speeches, but and then the, the point was awful on top of that. But. Right, right, right. Do we have time? I tell you what. Why don't we take a break and we'll come back with the whole exchange. He, uh, the president. And granted, it may be senility. He denied that he had said that, essentially. It was a little more subtle than that. So we'll play his denial and then the original verbiage, and we'll let, and we'll let you decide cool. how honest he was being. A COVID story that makes me insane. Um, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the, some crime statistics that will just blow your mind. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, But with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold, a poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, so the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. Who asked that? I have no idea. Who, who was that asking that question? Guy from Newsmax, I guess. Oh, really? He called on somebody from Newsmax. Well, yeah. Toward the end, after the scheduled news conference where he carefully read, um, he looked at his list, uh, Jenny from NBC. And then he never used last names for some reason. Um, and then Jenny from NBC would ask her question. Uh, after he exhausted, the, exhausted that list and felt like he was on a hot streak, he went kind of more uh, wild. And I said, hey, Esther. Little, uh, little wild card reporter bingo there. That's a perfectly good answer, though, from him. 
Well, let, well, let you make that determination. Let people well, make I'm that sorry, that's almost an accurate quote. I'll let you make your determination. Because <laughs> what are you going to say to that? So there was a rather a spirited exchange over his infamous Bull Connor Jefferson Davis speech thingy. Uh, we'll uh, first of all play the the question and answer, then then review the record. Clip sixty two, please, Michael. You know, you talk, you campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. Oh. And tell me if you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor, that they were Bull Connor. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got into, into journals because you like to write. So the angry old man lashes out at the reporter loudly and sarcastically after he says you kind of implied that they were in the same camp. Well, Michael plays 58. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. Okay. All right. So not in the camp of, on the side of. <laughs> Why don't you read my words? You're cut I assume you've got it reported because you like words. Yeah, it's cutting it pretty thin. That's been their pushback all week long from one of the most over-the-top things any president has ever said. I mean, just really outlandish. And their pushback has been said, no, 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 he didn't say you are Bull Connor. You're just on the side of Bull Connor. Okay, so I'm not, I haven't physically transformed into someone who's been dead for 50 years, but I have the same attitudes and opinion of. Okay, you're slicing it pretty thin there. And angrily saying, I'm not, I didn't say in the camp of, I said on the side of. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I just, you know, I don't appreciate that on a personal level. Never mind the politics. Somebody who makes the big, bold statement and puffs out their chest and gets the applause or whatever. Then the moment they're questioned. The moment they're they're asked to back it up, then they back off and and act like the person asking them about it is somehow affronted them. That that is the most. God, I wish we just did a podcast and I could use foul language right now. That is the meowest bunch of chicken s bull leavings i can imagine you coward it's a pretty good technique i might employ that in the future (laughs) you say something really horrible about something they get upset you make it act like it's something wrong with them (laughs) true international pressure (laughs) that's hilarious i didn't say you were a, a, a bad worker i said you were a poor worker I assume you like words. You speak words, right? (laughs) Jeez, we got to play that clip again. The old man going nuts. Mm. Holy cow. You know, (laughs) and, and if you didn't watch the press conference, first of all, congratulations on your wise judgment as to how to spend the limited hours God has given you on this earth. 
But one thing you missed, and, and Executive Producer Hansen is working on this, is the shocking number of sentences that just trailed off, especially in the second half. It was most of them. I heard somebody say, because I, um, I probably took in over half of it live and then the uh, rest of it either in words or clips. Um, and I heard somebody say he clearly got tired toward the end. Is that the way you read it? Like, he he had more of the anyway trailing off on the yes. toward the oh, end yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a whole lot of, uh, I mean, like three or four sentences in a row that he didn't end. I mean, three or four in a row. Then an, uh, anyway, go ahead. Michael. But look, let's let me ask a rhetorical question. No, I won't. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there was. Thank you. There was a lot of that, well, and and several of the that sort of thing followed by a, I, uh, I'm sorry, I need to stop talking. Well, if at four o'clock in the afternoon I had to stand up and take questions for two hours, I'd be worn out, and I'm decades younger. That that'd be tiring. That's a lot for a very old guy to do. So yeah, yeah, tired. I would suggest that if you can't handle that, you can't handle the office. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's kind of self evident, honestly. So uh, more of the just strange and notable and historic moments from the ill-advised and rare press conference coming up next hour. Joe going with the bold assertion that we shouldn't elect 80-year-olds to be president. I stand by those words. I'm not backing off that either. (laughs) Bold. Like some sort of (laughs) (laughs) you-know-what. We miss an hour. Get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty.